Greetings and welcome to episode 1.14 of my podcast. If in the background you hear a motor sound, an engine sound, that's because someone was tuning a motorbike. Just a moment. Yes, someone was tuning a motorbike in the parking lot of the building where I live, but I think they may have just ridden the bike into the distance. I hope so, it was getting a bit annoying. But the day is sunny, and today I'm going to continue the train of thoughts started in the last episode a couple of days ago, and I'm going to continue unraveling the tumble of thoughts that came to me after I woke up that two days ago, along with some new thoughts thrown in that have occurred in the meantime. As I mentioned before, this will be part of a kind of serial So I will keep these episodes short and most likely do the next one in a couple of days and see how long it takes to get through these thoughts. After that, there are a couple of special subjects I want to tackle in episodes of their own. But now to continue the line of thought from last time when I was talking about the film Field of Dreams, which is one of my very favorite films. Actually, let me backtrack just a little. I really hate people who manipulate others for their own gain, who are, for example, jealous of losing time to someone else, so they manipulate a mutual friend to see someone else in the worst light possible and play these kinds of games with other people. I think I don't need to talk at length about what I'm referring to because I think everyone has experience of that. This relates to Field of Dreams because I was talking last time about how I came to really value this story that has a main character who is simply a decent man, a good man. And I had a somewhat ridiculous introduction to this whole topic by talking about Superman, who, by the way, is actually one of my favorite superheroes even though I don't spend a lot of time reading the comics anymore. Sometimes I go back to read some good stories, but otherwise I have so many other interests now that take precedence. Superman is meant to be the best man on Earth. He's supposed to be a completely good-hearted person. A key part of that backstory is that he is an alien, he is from another planet, but he was raised by really good parents, really good-hearted people, and that is why he ended up becoming one himself, growing up into a really good, genuinely good person. And that's a valuable concept to me. Many writers don't seem to know what to do with it, and that's why we have so many stories of Superman going crazy and all that other stuff. But actually, I don't want to spend now too much time talking about this. I was kind of just pointing out that there's a relevance to this idea of a good person, even though I wasn't even realizing that when making that deadpan comparison in the last episode. The connecting link between these things I've just been talking about to start this episode is, of course, whether you can trust someone or not. To me, the most valued thing in life is knowing that you can really trust someone that they are not two-faced, that they are not playing any game, that the reactions you get from them are real and genuine. 
as years pass, it seems like such people get fewer and fewer. But of course, it's just a case of people revealing their nature over time through their actions, their words, and, for example, assumptions about others. It tells a lot about a person what they assume, either knowingly or unconsciously, about another person. And the main character of Field of Dreams is someone who I think can be trusted completely, and not only on the good days. The key thing about the kind of person I mentioned that I admire most in real life, and that to me represents the ideal more than the stories of superheroes, where nearly every superhero ends up being a very compromised conception because there's so many people throwing in their ideas about them and it becomes a kind of a huge mess in the end if you try to follow the comics for example which i haven't since the late 90s except for going back to read some of the really good older ones that had some innocence and value to them when i say innocence i mean that that was the time before some people got the idea that superheroes need to be really dark and deal with the worst aspects of humanity and human life. And the sense I get of Ray Kinsella, Kevin Costner's character in that film, is that he would not start drinking or using drugs or something similar in a crisis. He is also absolutely not violent, which also is rarer than we may even realize. Because when we are younger, I think we don't have any idea how much happens behind closed doors. There's a line in one of the early Sherlock Holmes stories, the short stories, where I don't remember exactly if it was the case that Watson, Dr. Watson, was talking about the countryside in some kind of positive manner or whether the subject just came up for some other reason. But Sherlock Holmes, at that point, kind of shocks Watson by saying that he has no romantic conception of the countryside, because to him that is the place where terrible, evil deeds can continue year after year, undetected and unsuspected, and that, of course, is how it is. Yes, evil deeds can also continue for year after year in the city, but I think it's worthwhile being realistic about it also that in isolated places, abuse can seriously continue maybe for someone's whole life. If there's one particular aspect of human behavior that I hate enough, that if it could be, if it could happen, if it could work that way, I would not mind that anyone who abuses another person would just disappear off the face of the earth, never to be heard of again. But of course that's not real life and it's more complicated than that. Well, I started this episode quite darkly to circle back to Field of Dreams, which to me is a very sunny and of course very touching film. It also features scenes of twilight that are to me genuinely magical and I don't use that word too lightly. I use it fairly often, I have noticed, but I always have spent a long time thinking about that subject before using it of anything. I think it shouldn't be devalued. 
Let me continue this train of thought after a short interlude here because I noticed that I had written this down in my notes and I wanted to say it because I think this is the kind of thing also that is useful to say out loud. I think sometimes that's something that can be helpful to hear. So this is the thing. Even though I admire someone and all people who can keep life going no matter what, they are often and have been often mothers, fathers. The strong ones are the ones who keep life going no matter what. Yes, I'm repeating myself here. But even though that is true, that doesn't mean that they feel completely together. That's the key point. Even if they are feeling very broken, they still find somehow ways to keep going and to, for example, lighten the mood or do something unexpected. This is, for example, one thing that makes me appreciate comedians that make me laugh. They often do so by saying something that is, in some estimation, maybe outrageous. And I'm sure that some people would find ways to be offended and find some hidden motives that existed only in the perceiver's own mind. The thing is that I, for example, have a sense of No MacDonald as a really good-hearted person. I don't idolize anyone. I think I've lived long enough to realize that that's not a healthy attitude. I think being just a fan of someone without seeing them as people, everyone has both dark and light sides. Having seen enough of him and seen enough clips and read about him and being somewhat familiar to the extent that it's possible from a distance, but he's very open really, despite of course always having, or most of the time having, uh, the comedy sort of between him and the audience. That's only sensible because he's a comedian. But anything that breaks this obsession with feeling bad, well, obsession isn't the right, right word because it's more of a reaction, but sometimes the reaction gets stuck and we don't know how to break free of it. That's why the people who really just make us laugh, not by necessarily being crazy and doing some hyperactive antics, but someone who just kind of starts tickling your funny bone and you end up laughing and feeling better, that's really valuable. I'm still talking of the people who keep life going. Anything that makes you feel more normal in situations that may not be at all normal, that may be very oppressive, that's helping and it's healing. So the part I mentioned that I wrote down yesterday or the day before was just this paragraph. Do I feel whole or completely together? No, of course not. I don't think many of us do. Isolation and loneliness are not easy things to deal with. That's not what a human life is supposed to be. Very few of us would choose it. And everyone, more or less, breaks down at some point. That's okay and completely normal. Let that happen. Let it happen and then, when you feel ready, pick up the pieces and continue again. So just because someone keeps going, it doesn't mean that they feel perfect or that they are fully prepared for all eventualities. There's that saying that if you know how to bend instead of pretending that you are unbreakable and nothing will affect you in any way. That is a strength because then you don't snap.
and I don't think that Ray Kinsella, this main character in Field of Dreams, would ever snap. He, at most, would say something with a little bit of annoyance. This happens once in the film. The financial difficulties of their situation are starting to weigh on him and his wife, and their daughter is saying something, and he snaps just a little bit at this young daughter of theirs. But that's the worst that happens, and it's not like he starts yelling or going crazy or causing real fear in the kid. And many people who may put on a good show of being really strong would not be able to carry on through the difficult times. Strength can be found often in unexpected places, and this is not, of course, an original thought to me. It's been said by many people in stories and elsewhere. I'm looking at my notes again, so I'm hardly reading here. I wrote so many pages yesterday and the day before in particular. The important thing is to keep going. One thing that is sure to worsen depression or anxiety is staying still and not doing anything. This continues the thought from the last episode that the people who keep life going through good times and bad, the parents who find the strength to do that even though also sometimes feeling broken inside, and the sons and daughters and brothers and sisters, those are the real heroes of this life. When the chips are down, those are the people who help us through. In the last episode I talked of Field of Dreams and how seeing that film again in adulthood several years ago for the first time since first seeing it just once in my teens impressed me deeply in many ways and not the least of those was with the realization that in the unassuming and beautifully non-underlined nobility of the main character was portrayed something very rare and precious. It can be summed up in a few words, and those words are a good man or a good person. A person who, with his wife, provides for and takes care of his family, keeps life going. I'm partly repeating something I already said off the top of my head. To continue reading from this, he is absolutely not violent. Part of the backstory of him and his wife, Annie, is that they grew up in the 60s, and were part of the hippie generation, with all the ideals that entailed, and part of what interested the author of the book on which the film is based. The book is called Shoeless Joe by W.P. Kinsella, and something that also interested the director was the question of how the people who lived through the 60s and were involved in the working out of those ideals then dealt with and settled into life later. And as a side note here, that occurred to me as I was reading this. This, of course, applies to also individual lives, how we start with idealism that fires us at some point, that inspires us, and then we have to find ways to fit those ideals into real life. And some people don't manage to do that at all, or they just forget about the ideals. Some people manage to make them work when dealing with real-life questions, not some kind of hippie dream that doesn't really withstand contact with reality. I say that with no condescension intended. To continue reading, the couple in Field of Dreams are, in my view, an example of a perfect adjustment into adulthood. After the essentially teen 
dream of just flowers and making peace signs, which actually does nothing to create peace. That takes actual work, and it takes growing and maturing as a person to become someone who can be relied upon and trusted. There's, by the way, a lovely humorous strain also to Field of Dreams that comes across already in the opening monologue where the main character introduces himself talking about his past. At one point when he's talking about the 60s, he says that he, as part of this hippie kind of life, tried to like sitar music. I think that was a great writing touch and immediately conveyed something about the character. Also, by the way, that's an important point because some people who try to act enlightened and project enlightenment, they would not admit it if they did not like, for example, Indian sitar music. You don't have to like all kinds of music. There's nothing wrong with saying, for example, that you don't like sitar music. This character, for example, gave it a try and didn't end up liking it. That's okay. The honesty matters. It's quite bad if a person is acting enlightened and pretending to be into all the correct enlightened things culturally and in terms of music and everything else. This also relates to something I mentioned in one of the earliest episodes, which is that one reason that tells me that the Dalai Lama is the real thing is that he admits to sometimes breaking one of the monastic rules He's not supposed to eat after a certain time in the evening or at night, but sometimes he sneaks out to get some cookies. And someone who was trying to just project spiritual advancement or enlightenment or being wise would not admit that. They would just say, yes, I follow all the rules, which would be a lie. Again, to continue reading, I was saying that he is non-violent and non-domineering Violence, out-of-control anger, and controlling behavior are always immature traits. No person who acts out such tendencies in his or her life is a mature person. Reconciler is a calm man who can be depended upon. A thoroughly decent man who wouldn't crumble or start drinking in a crisis. Do we realize how rare that is? And how admirable? Again, I partly repeated what I already said. I have a temptation to keep going with this episode, but I'll stick to my plan, even though I wanted to get to other things already this time. I will get back to this soon. Well, until next time, and like always, good night and take care.